right, yeah. Hey, I want you to imagine with me this morning that you are walking through the mountains in Banff. It's a nice day. You're enjoying warm sunshine in the quiet forest. As you're walking down the path, you round a bend, and just up ahead on the trail, maybe 60 meters or so up in front of you, is a big, hulking, giant, brown grizzly bear, all right? Just for the record, has anybody had that happen to them while they've been up in the mountains? A couple of you have, actually. Wow. Let's talk after the service. Um, Yeah, so let's imagine that you're walking through the mountains, and as you're walking down the path, boom, there's a bear right in front of you. This grizzly doesn't seem to have noticed you yet. He's pretty content to just stay there and eat some berries, store up some fat for the winter, you know, like some of us are doing. Um, He just seems to be minding his own business at this point. And so now we're going to present you with a multiple choice, choose your own adventure scenario. And I want you to play along here in the audience. And I want you to tell me which you would do if you're walking along the trail and boom, you suddenly see a giant grizzly bear in front of you. Do you A, go take a selfie with the bear? Because he seems really mellow. Like this is a chill bear, you know? And so you could probably get pretty close and snap it. You'd get 400 likes on Instagram. You've never had more than 40 before this. So it it might be worth it for some of you guys. Anybody say, A, that's me. I'd go take a selfie. Liars. You are liars. The majority of you would try in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Would you then B, just walk past the grizzly? You know, you just assume he'll get out of your way. Bears know. People are smarter. We're better. They'll get out of the way if I just walk on past him. Anybody say, B? No, and I believe you're probably telling the truth on that one, okay? Would you see, push your hiking buddy towards the bear and just think, look, he looks way more appetizing, Mr. Bear, than I do. Yes, I've got some audible responses on that one. Don't go hiking with him. Uh, Okay, so we've got A, B, and C. Let me give you D. This is the last option. Would you instead back away slowly and go in another direction? Yes, of course D is the correct answer. Only an absolute fool would choose anything else. If there was trouble up ahead, only the dumbest person imaginable would keep walking towards the trouble and just expect, you know, everything's going to work out okay. That would be very foolish. The truth is, though, we live in a pretty foolish world, don't we? And there are a lot of people in our world who are just bebopping along in life and they see trouble just up ahead and rather than stopping, turning away and going in a different direction, they just keep walking right towards the trouble. Like, "Ah, it'll work out, it's no big deal, you know? I was thinking through this scenario because I've been in the mountains a couple of times lately and I'm like, what am I gonna do if I see a bear, you know? And then as I was doing some devotional reading a while back, there was a verse from Proverbs that came up and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to remember this when I'm out in the forest next time and I'm tempted to take a selfie with the bear, all right? So here's the verse that I came across from the book of Proverbs, chapter number 27, it's verse 12. The scripture says, the prudent see danger and they take refuge, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. As I was reading that verse, I was like, man, I need to keep that in mind the next time I'm in the mountains. If there's danger up ahead, I need to be smart. I need to be wise. But then I started thinking about it and I'm like, man, there are so many different aspects of our lives where this advice would be super good for people to know. The prudent 
see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. So I thought, you know, this would be a good place to start our new series, this series that we're calling Tweetable Truth. And so what we're going to do is each week, we're going to take one of the verses from the book of Proverbs, and we're going to talk about God's wisdom that he wrote like 2,500 years ago, and how it still makes a lot of sense in 2017 for you and for I. So we're going to come back to that, Proverbs 27. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. But let me tell you a little bit about the book of Proverbs itself. If you're not familiar with it, if you are new to Bible reading, you will find, I think, that you like the book of Proverbs a lot because it's really short, it's really straightforward, and it's very, very practical, okay? Every single one of the Proverbs, or just about every single one of the Proverbs, these short wisdom sayings in the Bible, they're short enough to fit in about 140 characters or less. That is, you could type out any one of these Proverbs in a tweet and hit send, and you would have the wisdom that God had shared in that particular sentence or those lines. And so that's why we're calling this series Tweetable Truth, because it's short, it's bite-sized, but man, is it powerful. When you start to dig in and read these words and let them read you, you find your mind opening to God's wisdom, to his ways in, in, in just fashion you never thought was possible. The other cool thing about this series, this tweetable truth that we're doing each Sunday in October is that it is a great series if you're here and you're still a bit skeptical about this whole Christianity thing. Like you're here and you're checking it out, but you're like, I can't buy that, you know, Jesus rose from the dead and I don't know if I believe the Bible and all these things. The cool thing is you can jump right into this series and even though you still have all your doubts and reservations and hesitations and things like that, you can put these verses into practice in your life and boom, you'll start to see them paying off very, very very quickly, no matter where you might fall on the, um, you know, believer or not believer spectrum. So, uh, by the way, that makes it a great series to invite your friends and family to. If you've been trying to get them to come and you're like, but I don't know, maybe the whole, like, religious aspect of Connect might be a little overwhelming for them, this is a great place to start because it's super practical and absolutely anybody can put these things into practice in their lives. So, let's go back to Proverbs 27, 12 this morning, okay? Let's go back to this powerful verse. We're going to dive in, spend our whole morning here. We're just going to break it down a bit. The scripture introduces us to two people in this passage. It says, the prudent person sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple person keeps going and they suffer for it. Now, we don't normally call people prudent and simple in the 21st century. We might also translate these words as wise and foolish. So we could say the wise person sees danger and takes refuge, but the foolish person keeps going and they suffer for it. Now, these two people, at least in the beginning, are not very different. In the beginning, as these two people are introduced, we don't know yet who is wise and who is foolish. We don't know right off the bat which one is prudent and which one is simple. They're just bebopping along, doing their own thing, living their life, and like has happened to all of us at one point or another, they look up just ahead in their lives, they look a little ways into the future, and they sense that something could be amiss, that there's potentially danger ahead for them. That danger usually takes the voice, or it takes the form, rather, of the voice in the back of your head that says things, for example, like, you know, I'm spending a lot of money right now. 
That's the sort of danger we're talking about. They look up and they're like, whoa, man, this could end badly if I don't do something, if I don't change some things. It's the voice in the back of our head that says, Maybe it's not the best idea to flirt with a married man at the office. Like, maybe that's not the best thing I should be doing this week. It's the uh, voice in the back of your head that says, every time I go out with this group, I end up drinking way too much and regretting all of my life choices, right? Maybe... I should not hang out with them quite as much. It's the voice that goes off in the back of your head and it says, look, if if I don't make some changes, maybe in my health, in the way I'm eating, in the way I'm caring for myself, I might not be around to see my grandkids. This story introduces us to a scenario that every single one of us have gone through where we're walking through life and something just fires in the back of our head and says, hey, you need to pay attention right here. Don't ignore this one. There is danger up ahead and you should do something about it. Now, here's where the difference between the wise person and the foolish person comes in. Here's the difference between somebody who is prudent and somebody who is simple. The difference is not in what they see. They both see danger up ahead. The difference is not in what they see. The difference is in how they respond to what they see. When that voice goes off in the back of our heads, the way that we respond to it, according to this proverb, dictates whether we are living as wise people or terribly foolish sorts of people. It's not about what they see. They both encounter trouble. It's about what they do with what they see in the trouble just up ahead. So let's talk a little bit about this prudent person, this wise person that the Bible says uh, is the first character here. It says, the prudent see trouble and they change course. Or, Or the way the scripture words it is, they take refuge, they act. So like a prudent person sees a bear on the trail, and what do they do? They back away. They don't go straight to Instagram and start snapping photos. No, no, no. They change direction. They take evasive action. They go another route. And in life, when you've got that sense in the back of your head that says, "Mm, something just not too far in the future, it's not going to end well if we don't do something here, if we don't address this problem, if I don't kind of deal with this person or this particular situation, I think I might end up in a lot of trouble. A prudent person gets that sense that there's danger up ahead and they stop. They don't keep going down the same path. They change direction. Now, why is that? Why is the prudent person willing and able to say like, "Mm, I know where that's going. I'm going to change direction and go this way. The reason is because somebody who is wise, and man, have you seen this play out in teenagers in your life, you know, like your nephews or your own kids. You've seen this play out in your own story multiple times. Wise people understand that all of life is connected, that every decision you make in your life will bear fruit in the days to come. There is no such thing as an individual decision. Like, oh, I can choose to do this tonight and it will not affect tomorrow or the days to come. A wise person understands if I keep going down this path, there is trouble waiting for me at the end of the road. 
See, a wise person, a prudent person, they understand that harmless flirting today has the very real potential to lead to dividing assets and fighting over custody tomorrow. Like, dang, this dude just got real. Calm down, man. It's early in the message. You got to wait till the end to start bringing that stuff out. No, 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 no. Wise people see that ahead of time. They already know. This isn't new information. Wise people, prudent people know that what you do today will bear consequences tomorrow. If you continue to step down a particular path, don't be surprised when you end up wherever that path is leading you. A prudent person, a wise person understands if I want to get out of debt by next year, I have to cut up the cards this morning. I can't wait until next year because I'm on a path and it's leading me towards bankruptcy. It's leading me towards foreclosure. It's leading me away from the health and the blessing that I think God, you know, kind of lined out for me. So a wise person, a prudent person understands they have to deal with it now. They have to change course. They have to stop walking in the direction they have been, and they have to go another way. A prudent person knows that a pack a day today will end up with an oxygen tank tomorrow, right? Like, you'll be dragging that thing around. You're the old grandpa with the mask, and you're like, (laughs) you cannot make poor decisions, unwise, foolish decisions, as this verse says, and expect that everything's going to turn out. It doesn't work that way. You have to recognize that the choices you are making right now will impact what happens to you in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. A prudent person sees danger and they take refuge. They choose to go a different way. A prudent person requests transfer to a different department. They're like, you know what? I just need to be away from this person. Maybe they're toxic. Maybe they're too fine and I can't keep my eyes off of them. Whatever it is, just send me to accounting. I don't even care because my marriage is more important than that. And so I'll take the transfer. I'll change direction. I'll go a different way because I know where this path is ultimately leading me. A wise person will go see a counselor. They won't wait until they've blown up their family. They won't wait until they've blown up their finances. They'll jump in. Like a wise person would jump in to our financial independence small group. They just do it. They would say like, I see where this is heading and I know I'm gonna have to do something about this at some point. So let's not wait until we're three quarters of the way down the path and the bear is just close enough to take a swipe at us. Let's do something about it right now. A prudent person sees danger and they act. They take refuge. They choose to go a different direction and that is what makes them wise. A wise person, a prudent person, man, they'll clean out their pantry. If that's what it takes in order to be healthy and to be around for your family and to be of any use to God, then that's what they'll do. They'll refuse to take another step down a path that leads them to danger and to destruction. That's what the scripture has to say about a wise person. And there are times in all of our lives, I'm sure, where we live as wise people. We do the prudent thing. We go the opposite way as we should. But there are lots of times where we live as very simple people and we make the exact opposite decision. Thank God for the times where we get clarity and we're able to make the right choice and go a different way. I don't know if you can think of any of those moments in your life where you're just like, wow, I see where my life is headed and I have got to do something about this. Like it could 
could very well be that you were at a point financially in your life and you knew I've got to change or we are going to be in trouble. And you did the hard work, you got out of debt, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm free. I can be generous like God called me to. I don't have the weight of the world on my back anymore because I'm past that. I'm free of the danger that's on my shoulders. It could be any number of scenarios, but I hope you've had those moments in your life. I had a life-changing moment of clarity when I was 16 years old. I was 16, and uh, I've told you guys before, like, I wasn't a total juvenile delinquent when I was growing up. I really wasn't. I hung out with a lot of juvenile delinquents, though. And um, by the way, if any of my former high school friends happen to be listening to the podcast, this is just for them. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the other juvenile delinquents that we used to hang out with. Okay, just so we're clear, that was for the other audience. Sorry about that. Here's the deal. I would like follow them around and I would be, you know, present as they would skip school and they were all sleeping around. And man, I don't, just in North Central Texas in the early to mid 90s, all the kids I knew smoked pot. Everybody got high. And I was like, nah, that's not really my thing. I grew up in a family that had a lot of substance abuse issues. And I was just like, nah, I don't want to end up like them. That's not me. That's not my scene. You guys do what you do. I'll still be here, but I'm not going to participate. And that's how I was for years and years and years growing up. They were like, oh, Daniel's the kid that won't smoke, right? Well, when I was 16, somebody finally convinced me. And so I was at a party and I was like, why the heck not? Everybody else is doing it. It seems like life is okay for them. They're having a blast and so why not? And so I smoked some pot with them. I got high. And and the truth of the matter is, this may not be super surprising to you. It was actually quite fun. It was a good night. That shouldn't surprise you, okay? If it weren't fun, people wouldn't do it. So here's the thing. I'm just being honest today. So here's the thing. We went a week, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, that's probably a dumb decision, but you know, whatever, no big deal, I lived. And the next weekend came around, and those same friends were like, hey, we got another bag, you want to join in? And I was like, cool, the last weekend was fun, let's do it. And so the next weekend, I got high with them. And then a few days went by, and I was like, why should I wait until Saturday? Like, why not hit this up Tuesday? And so Tuesday, I was calling up friends, and I'm like, hey, let's smoke together. And so we did. And then it was like Wednesday, and I'm like, let's do it again and again and again. So for about three weeks, almost every day, all I thought about was getting stoned with friends. That's it. My life completely changed in in one crazy moment. That's where my life was headed. And so what ended up happening is that several days into this, uh, I, I was with a friend. We were getting high, and to be quite crass, it was a bad bag, okay? What, it meant, what I mean is, like, we just didn't get very buzzed off of it. And I left very disappointed in that moment. I was just like, man, what? Come on. No, this is not at all like the other experiences that I had. And so I went home, and I was like, man, I need to go find some more of the good stuff. And uh, I don't have any money, so I need to get some money. And sitting in my bedroom at 16 years old, a formerly decent kid started thinking through all the things that I could do to go get some money. Most of them were illegal. Pretty much all of them were immoral. And as I'm sitting there on my bed, guys, in a way that I cannot explain to you, I have never experienced anything like this since. It was like I got zapped with electricity. And the world went in slow motion, and it was like tunnel vision. And I saw in that moment where my life was headed. I noticed how what was a a once-in-a-lifetime thing became a a once-in-a-while thing, and then it became a a once-every-week thing, and pretty soon it was every single day. 
And I knew well enough from my parents' example, from the other examples that I had seen, that the path I was walking down was leading towards danger. It was leading towards destruction. That if I continued in that direction, my life was not going to end up where I wanted it to be. So I made a choice in that moment. I said, I am never smoking pot again, ever, 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 ever. And I haven't never smoked pot since because I was so afraid of the danger and the destruction that was just ahead on that path. Now, here's the interesting thing. It was less than 10 days later that I was invited to go to church for the first time. It, seriously, I'm 100% not making it up. If I had still been smoking every day, I promise you I wouldn't have gone to church. Are you kidding me? No way. But I had this moment of clarity and I realized, okay, if I want to have any wisdom in my life, I have got to change direction. I have got to do something different than what I've been doing, the path that I've been walking. In that moment, I can tell you from firsthand experience that this proverb proves true. A wise person sees danger up ahead and they take evasive action. They take refuge. Now, the proverb contrasts the wise person with the simple person. And the scripture says the simple person, they see trouble and they keep going. They keep right on walking towards whatever danger lies in their path. And simple people are great at making excuses about it, you know? They're like, ah, oh, it's harmless. It's no big deal. Man, I did that. I was like, ah, oh, what does it matter? It's no big deal. Everybody else does it. It's not going to affect me, right? Simple people are great at rationalizing things and justifying the fact that they're on a path towards destruction. They say things like, Oh, I know I can't afford it today, but it's such a good deal, right? No payments for six months? How can I pass this up? They know they shouldn't be walking down that path, but boom, they are on their way. Um, you know, these simple sorts of people, they like uh, think they have time. You know, they're the ones who say, oh, I'm in my 20s and I'm supposed to be having fun right now. And when I'm in my 30s, I'll finally settle down and walk the right path, right? We are so good at selling ourselves on what we want to do rather than what we should do that we find ourselves just dumbly walking down the wrong paths every single day and in almost every single area or arena of our life. The scripture says simple people see danger just ahead and they keep going. Now, it is frustrating to no end to be the friend or a family member of a simple person, isn't it? If you've ever had somebody in your life and you see the path they're on, you can spot the danger a mile ahead of them. You, it's so clear where they're headed. And you're like, oh my gosh, no way you should be dating him. That is a terrible relationship. Are you kidding me? You can't afford that new car. Don't go spend your money on that. You gotta finish school, dude, right? It is so easy to see it in other people's lives. But what is often obvious in others is invisible in us. It is so hard for us to be honest with ourselves about the path that we're walking, about the danger that lies ahead, because we're good at justifying, we're good at rationalizing, we're good at making excuses, we're good at downplaying the danger that's just ahead of us in our lives. We are often oblivious to the obvious when it comes to sensing danger in the path that we're on. 
We forget that every single decision we make each and every day is a step down a path and that every path leads to a destination. If you continue to make the same choices that you have, you will find yourself in deeper and deeper trouble because you have continued to walk down the path that leads to danger or to destruction. We're just not very good at it. So the simple see danger and keep going, and the Bible says they suffer for it. It's like parents tell their kids all the time, you can control your choices, but you can't control the consequences, right? This is life. This is how it works. When we live wisely, when we follow God's teaching, when we're walking in the steps of Jesus, it's like things just tend to go much better for us. But when we walk in our own ways, when we see danger and we think, ah, it's no big deal, I'll be able to handle it when I get there, we end up suffering the consequences of years of foolish living all at once. Now, as a pastor, this is where I tend to get called in. I get called in, not when the simples, you know, walking down the path and they have no idea where they're headed, or at least they're ignoring where they're headed. I get called in as a pastor, like when the papers get served, you know, when the, when the danger is upon them, when it's all blown up, the bottom has fallen out, everything has unraveled. That's when I get called as the pastor. I get called in when the teenage girl's pregnancy test is positive, right? I get called in when your wife finds the browsing history. I get called in when you get foreclosed on. Like that's, as the pastor, that's when I get called in. Now, I want to be really clear. I'm glad to step in in these crisis moments. I'm so glad to step in and help offer counsel, to pray for you, to help orient you the way you should be going. But I have to be honest, there are lots of these counseling sessions, these crises moments where I'm like, did you guys not see where this was leading? How could you miss this? Seriously, you should have known where this was going based on the path that you were walking this whole time. But we sell ourselves And we continue to make unwise, foolish decisions day after day after day. And the scripture says we will end up suffering the consequences. What frustrates me the most honestly about it is that usually in these moments, and this is true of me, it's true of you, it's true of everybody, when the bottom falls out and things unravel because for months and years we've been walking on a foolish path, all of a sudden we become the victims, don't we? We're like, oh God, why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing this? I loved you. How could you let this happen? And as a pastor, I wouldn't say this in the moment, guys. I'm much more like, you know, I'm diplomatic, you know, in these moments. But as a pastor, I'm thinking to myself, guys, it's not God's fault. You do realize that, right? If you spend decades or months even just of your, year, of your life walking a foolish path, and there's danger up ahead, and it's been clear the whole time, but you've just ignored it, it's not God's fault when you end up at that moment of danger or destruction. God is not the one who forced you to sleep your way or snort your way or steal your way or spend your way into destruction. That's not on him. That is on us because of our continuously foolish decisions. We think, oh, I can do what I want Friday and it won't impact next Sunday or Monday or Thursday and on and on it goes. Pretty soon, when we live in an unwise or foolish manner, it will catch up to us and we will end up suffering the consequences. When you're in that moment, you start looking for quick fixes, right? 
You're like, oh my gosh, my wife has moved out and I gotta do something. I gotta fix this. The problem is you spent months and months and months breaking it and you wanna fix it overnight. That's not how life works. You're deep, deep, deep in debt and you're barely surviving and you know that at any moment it could all fall apart. You're like, oh my gosh, we gotta get out of debt by like next month. Well, you spent years spending yourself there. See, when you walk a foolish path, you can't fix it overnight. It's not like there's a switch. You can't just go to God and say, sorry, and expect him to fix everything. That's not how he works. That's not how life works. When you have a problem with your car or your computer, you know what you do? You take it to the shop, they fix it, and a day later, everything is back to normal. If you live unwisely and you blow up your GPA or you blow up your marriage or you blow up your career, you cannot take it to a shop. You can't bring it to church and expect God to fix it like that. This is the danger with living unwisely. This is the reason that a wise or a prudent person sees the danger ahead and before they ever get to it, they say, no, 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 I've got to turn around. I've got to go another way. I've got to change my course. I've got to live differently. I've got to focus on something else. I have got to reorient myself because it is clear where this is all heading. Listen, rather than a fix to your problems, do you know what you need? You need a change in your direction. See, you find yourself in trouble, and some of you are not in trouble today, and I get that. Like, I, I hate for this to be a doom and gloom message. Some of you guys are doing great, living wisely, good for you. But some of you are really on the brink, and you're so close to the bear, so to speak. And you're like, oh, I just need somebody to come in and rescue me. I need the problem to be flipped and fixed like that. And that's not how it works. You don't need your problem to be fixed. You need your direction to be changed. You need to start walking, living, choosing differently than what you have been this whole time. Now, there's a biblical word that encapsulates this idea really well. Do you know what that word is? That word is repentance. Repentance literally means to have a change of mind or heart, particularly in regard to your life or your sins. It means I have been going this way, but I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my direction. I have wandered from God. I have lived my own ways. I've sought the things that I thought would make me happy. And in the end, it has led to danger and destruction. And I'm tired of walking down this path because finally I'm seeing where it leads. So I'm changing. I'm repenting. And where I was headed that way today, I'm going to head this way. I'm going to run towards God. I'm going to run towards Jesus. I'm going to run towards the wisdom that he's given me because I'm tired of suffering the consequences of the foolish living that I've been involved in for so very long. Can I encourage you to take action while you still can? Before you get too far down the path, before the bottom falls out and everything unravels, like, some of you know precisely what danger lies in your path. And you keep thinking, eh, it'll be okay. It's just a little casual flirting, no big deal. It's just a little overspending. It's just a little deceit. It's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is. One day you'll have to suffer the consequences of that. But God doesn't want you to have to suffer the consequences of that. That's why he gives us wisdom like this. So we can change our mind, change our direction. We can repent and go a new way while we still can. Now look, if you decide to change, if you're like, hey, with God's power, 
I want to get off of this path that I'm on. I want to walk in wisdom, not in foolishness. I want to be prudent. I don't want to be simple anymore. If you decide to do this, it will require you to make changes. And some of those changes might actually be quite difficult. They might be drastic in some cases, but they will be worth it. When you make these changes, there are going to be people in your life that say like, whoa, calm down. Why are you getting so worked up? It's not that big of a deal. But you know it is a big deal. You know what I've found? Repentance that is changing our mind, making changes about our life and the direction and the path that we're on. It always seems like overreaction to the foolish. When we change, when we repent, when we follow God, it always seems like an overreaction to the people in our lives. They say things like, you've been going to church an awful lot, like maybe a little too much. You should dial that back some. When you cut up your cards or you cancel a vacation, they're like, doesn't that seem to be a little bit excessive? Couldn't you just go enjoy the trip and then deal with it all once you got back? Sure you could, but that would be a foolish way of living. That would be another step down a path. And God doesn't want you to walk in foolishness. He wants you to walk in wisdom both today and in every day. It might seem excessive to the simple, but you're not simple. You're wise. You know where you're headed unless you make some changes. And so you decide, I'm going to turn, excuse me, turn to God. I'm going to change. I'm going to make these decisions now while I still have the opportunity. I'm not going to run up and pet the bear. I'm going to run away from the bear and I'm going to find refuge in the God who loves me so much. He would confront me and warn me about the stupid things I've been involved in this whole time. You know what I found about people who want to give you a hard time when you start to make uh, changes in your life? This is just what I've experienced. They judge you today, but they envy you tomorrow. When you live wisely, In the near term, it's going to seem like all of your friends are having the fun. It's going to seem like they're the ones who are living the good life and you're struggling. But I promise you, 15, 20 years down the road, they're going to envy you and the wise choices that you made today because they're suffering the consequences of their foolish living all this time. So here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to acknowledge the potential danger that's in your life. It could be any number of things. It could be something that I've touched on or it could be something that I'm not even smart enough to think of. But my guess is the majority of us, we know that little voice in the back of our head that's saying, this is what you need to be paying attention to right now. This is where you need to give your energy and focus. This is what you need to address or it could end badly. Could you just be honest to yourself? I'm not gonna ask you to turn to your neighbor. You don't have to go home and admit it to your spouse or anything like that. But can you acknowledge it to yourself? Because you already know it's there and certainly God already knows what it is. So let's just be honest with ourselves about it. This is the danger that's right in front of me right now. And if I don't make changes today, it could end in disaster. After you've done that, I wanna encourage you to pray and to ask for God's help to overcome the foolish path you've been on and to walk the wise path that he wants for you. This is so critically important that you ask for God's help in this because you cannot do it on your own. If you could do it on your own, guess what? You would have already done it on your own. 
but you can't. You need God's help. You need his spirit. You need Jesus leading you each and every step of the way. Or like a sheep, you're just going to wander off and stumble upon a bear. And there you go. Ask God to give you the help, the courage, the, the wisdom to know the changes that you need to make in your life to avoid the danger that is inevitable if you continue along the same path you're on. In the book of Philippians, the scripture says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or gives me strength. And with all due respect to my friend, Steph Curry, this is not about sinking a buzzer beater from the half court line. This is about following God no matter our life circumstances. This is about living wisely and following Jesus when it's not easy, when nobody else gets it, when your family says you're going off the deep end and you're like, no, 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 no. I just see too far on the horizon to keep going this way. Can I encourage you to live wisely and not foolishly and not to do it in your own strength or power and not to do it for your own vanity's sake so that you'll retire wealthy or, you know, you'll be like super happy with a house full of kids and all that stuff. It's about more than that. It is about experiencing the life overflowing that God has for us. But you cannot find that life if you choose to walk and live as a simple person. 